this morning as we welcome you back. Uh, man, we hope the Lord is, will speak to your heart as we're going through our sermon series on being a good manager of your time, your talent, and your treasure. I know that God will greatly speak to your heart. If you weren't here last week, we began our new sermon series dealing with uh, three topics, which was our time, our talent, and our treasure. And are we being a good manager of them? If, if you weren't here last week, uh, and I would just encourage you, uh, just to go online and, and to pick up last week's sermon, not just to hear me preach, but to, to know where we're at and know how it all fits together. It kind of builds on one another. Um, also, I believe that this is a, will be a great uh, tool for you to share with your friends and family. And so at the end of this series, you'll be able to order those and pick those up in a little packet to be able to pass along to somebody that you think may need a word of encouragement. Last week we looked at being a good steward of our time. Uh, today I want us to tackle the second one, which is being a good steward of our talent and the very talent that God has given us to be. Uh, there's a lot of talented people in this world, and uh, it's not what you, what you uh, the question is, what are you doing with it, amen? If you have your Bible, if you'll take it and turn with us to the book of 1 Timothy, the book of 1 Timothy, we'll find our place there, and uh, we'll be looking at... I'm sorry, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 2. There's also a couple of passages of scriptures over in Romans, in chapter 12, talks about because there's many members of the body, but there is only one body, and it's like everybody discerning and finding their place of giftedness and, and what God is up to in their hearts and lives. In your Bible, in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1, Paul writes this phrase here, to Timothy, my dearly uh, loved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience, as my forefathers did, when I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day. I remember, I remember your tears and how I long to see that your joy may be filled, or you and as we think about this, remember where this letter is being written. Paul is in prison. It's common knowledge uh, that he's not going to get out. And every time Timothy, his young mentor, marches down to the prison, uh, he just thinks, man, my, my father in the ministry, my mentor, is going to be executed. And so every time he sees him, he's overcome with this, uh, these tears, this emotion. And, uh, man, he's just kind of overwhelmed and Paul says, I remember those tears, Timothy, every time you come and see me. I long to see you so that my joy may be filled. And then he goes on in verse 5, and he talks about, uh, man, I clearly recall your sincere faith and how it's a, it was in your family. It was first in, in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice. And, and uh, man, I'm convinced it's also in you, Timothy. And uh, therefore, I remind you, young man, to keep ablaze the gift that God has given you through the laying on of my hands. Then he moves on and says, For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and of sound judgment. And, and then he says, So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me as prisoner. Instead, share in the sufferings for the gospel, relying on the power of God. And man, he says, the power of God who saved us and who called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works, but according to his own purpose.
purpose and the grace which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. A couple of things I want you to underline there in your Bible is that he called us and that he saved us, uh, saved us and he called us. Circle that in your Bible and man and, and this holy calling that God has given us and the work that he's trying to do in our hearts and lives. This morning as we begin to look at this sermon and what God is speaking to our hearts and lives, there's a lot of talented people today. The question is, are people making the most of their talent? Are they wasting it or are they using it? And I want to speak to you about being a manager of it because a manager is someone who oversees the assets of someone else. If they weren't the manager, if it weren't somebody else's assets, then they would be the owner. Um, and so we looked last week at how it didn't matter what category of of economics you were, what people you were, what language you were in, or what time zone you may have lived in, that we all have the same amount of minutes in a day, same amount of months in a year. And as we begin to connect those dots, we talked about how if you were hiring someone to manage your business or something, you wouldn't look for somebody who was a, uh, was a, a shady guy, someone who was... Uh, didn't have a true moral compass. You wouldn't look for someone who had been fired the most times from his previous jobs, but you would look for someone who was basically the best that your money could acquire you. The most that you could get for what you were able to pay. You've heard statements like this, well, you can't afford me. Because people think their talent is more than that organization is able to provide. My question is this, that if we're, we're, it's the same way that we're a manager of the same amount of time, we're a manager of talents. Talents. Gifts. And as we begin to connect the dots on these, we understand that many of them are natural. Matter of fact, uh, in, the, in the sports world, when people are looking for, for uh, a, a new athletes and stuff, most of the scouts and coaches, they look for that natural talent. I mean, they're looking for somebody who, I mean, I mean, even in, in peewee ball, you see kids that just carry a natural talent for the field. They just, a natural, have you ever heard that? I'm, that guy's just a natural. I, those guys drive me crazy. I mean, they do because, it, I mean, it doesn't matter what sport you want to play with them. They're just good at all of them. And that's the ones the scouts are looking for. There's another kind of talent, though. It's called a learned talent. And a learned talent can be acquired. If you work hard and you, you, you discipline yourself to study, you can make the most of a talent. You can pick up a talent. You can pick up a skill. Many times the people with a, with a um, learned talent are actually better in the end than the people with a natural talent. However, in the end, the ones who have the natural talent far out, worked out, played out, they surpassed the one who had the learned talent. But in the end, because they had to work for every single thing they did, they ended up being better than those who were a natural. Matter of fact, the story was told of a, a young man, Billy Bean, who was a natural. As a sophomore in high school, he was... He was the quarterback of his football team, the captain of the basketball team, and was batting 500 on the baseball team. He was set to be the next Babe Ruth. Everybody said, man, that, that he, was, he would be the greatest because he was a natural talent. It didn't matter what he did. He just was good at it. 
However, when he made it into the minor leagues and then all the way to the major leagues, he ended up not being the rock star, but he ended up being a failure. Because even though he had a lot of natural talent, he didn't have the mind of a champion. And he ended up struggling his whole life and never really amounting to anything. And all of his natural talent was wasted because he was lazy. Because he was unable, unable to take what God had given him and make it the best. Somebody else struggled with that in high school. Matter of fact, he, he was cut from his high school basketball team. And he was determined that he would work harder and harder and harder than all the rest of them. He had a little bit of natural talent, but he was a real runny guy, a small guy. And he was cut from his high school basketball team. But that did not deter him. He was determined that he had a talent that he was stirring up inside of him and he would make the most of it, that what little bit of assets that had been placed in his life, that he would be a good manager of it and that he wouldn't have the mind of a loser, but he'd have the mind of a champion. Now I'll tell you today what the devil wants to do in our lives is he wants to tell you the world don't love you, the coach is mean to you, your mom and dad's always picking on you, and kids are always bullying you. And in the world we live in today, we're trying to make it a padded world that nobody ever feels any hurt, any damage, or any, any picking on around us. Now, I'm not for bullying, and I'm not for all those things, but come on. In life, you're going to have some bumps and bruises, and they're going to make you a champion if you'll let them. The devil will come into your life and he'll tell you, you have, no, you have no pathway, you have no future, you're just a natural born loser. But I believe that if you'll have the mind of a champion, now I'm not preaching you uh, the power of positive thinking today, but I'll get to the power of the positive cross in just a minute. But when we think about this, this, this young guy who was cut from his basketball team ended up becoming the rock star. And even though he's been retired several times and has been off of the court for a long time people still line up for days to just get a pair of sneakers and may have a Michael Jordan on the tongue of them and will pay hundreds of dollars for them why because he was born a champion no because he had some talent in his life and he was decided I'm gonna be a good manager of the talent that I have now, as we begin to connect those dots, we understand that when he became successful later and made it all the way to the NBA, someone would always ask him about his success. And this was his common repeat to them, especially at the end of his journey. Matter of fact, it was such a successful thing that, that Nike made a video commercial about it. Here was what he would reply. You want to talk about my success? Over 900 shots, 9,000 shots I've missed in my career. Over 300 games I've lost. And over 26 times they put the ball in my hand to make the game-winning shot and I choked. But because I choked and because I failed, I succeeded. Now, what I want you to understand today is that God has given each and every one of us a natural talent. God has given each and every one of us a natural ability. When you were born into this world, there was a natural talent and gift that was placed into your life. It's something that just comes easy. Maybe it's a sport. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a mind for technology. Maybe it's an artistic flair. Maybe it's something for music. Matter of fact, HB was telling me this morning he played last night with a kid that was nine years old. 
Nine years old and beat the drums better than anybody. It's just a natural talent. It just comes easy. I remember a friend of mine that when he was four years old, mom and dad took him to learn to play the piano. And on the third lesson, he was teaching the piano player things. There's natural gifts of the piano teacher things. There's natural gifts. There's spiritual gifts. Andre Crouch was somebody. You older people know who I'm talking about. God called Andre's dad to the ministry. And he said, God, I'll go to the ministry. But if you want me to go to the ministry, you've got to teach my boy to play piano. Andre had never played piano in his life. He began to pray over that. And he sat his boy down at the piano one day. He said, play that. Andre began to play it. Sometimes there's natural gifts. Sometimes there's spiritual gifts. Just the same way that natural gifts come into your life at birth, our spiritual gifts come into our life at birth. When we are born again and become a child of God, there's spiritual gifts that come into our life. I could preach a whole sermon series on spiritual gifts. But here's what I want you to know. Whether it's a natural talent or a spiritual talent, all talents come from God. And what are we doing with them? God has invested these assets into our life. Today there are, there are basketball players, there are basketball players, there are rock stars, and all of their talents is, is consumed upon them. They want you to know they're the champion, they want you to know they're the best of the best. Monday morning was not the, the most talked about thing on Monday morning of this week, was the arrogance of the guy who claimed he was the best in Sunday night's football game. When you're the best, you don't have to run around and tell it. It just shines through. And as we think about this, Paul tells young Timothy, Son, I want you to understand there's a talent inside of you. There's a gift inside of you. What is a talent? It's a special and natural ability. The power of mind and body considered is given to a person for use. Paul says, Timothy, I want to remind you to set ablaze that gift inside of you, that talent inside of you. Now, set ablaze, when we think about that, this is actually what that word means in the Greek, to set a fire. Anazum paren is the word in the Greek right here. To set it on fire. And as we look at this and we begin to connect these dots, that's actually what it means in the Greek, but it doesn't do a whole lot for our English mindset. Because when we think of something being burned up, we think it's all gone. All is lost. But when we connect the dots and we look at another translation, it says stir up the gift inside of you. Well, I'm a simple-minded person, so I went to the Great American Dictionary and I looked up what it meant to stir up something. And to stir up something means to incite, to instigate, or to prompt. That phrase, to set ablaze, if you look that up in our English Dictionary, it means to kindle up, to inflame one's mind. To inflame one's mind. And Paul says, young Timothy, you're coming down here to the jail cell to see me. Every time I see you, there's some tears in your eyes. I want you to know something, son. Don't get caught up with where I am. Know where you are. And understand that God has invested time in your life. He's given you a span of life. He's given you a talent to serve in that span of life. I want you to be a good manager of it. I don't want you to squander it. I don't want you to waste it. Have you ever heard this statement? If you don't use it, you will 
lose it. I don't want you to lose it, son. I want you to wake up every morning and think, I am good at this. I am good at that. I'm a natural at this. I'm a learned person at this. And I want you to strive to be all that you can be. Oh, listen to me today. Young people, know this, that God has invested a good measure of faith and talent into your life. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 11 that God's gifts and callings are from Him and they are irrevocable. God has given us talent. God has given us ability. The question is, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? I know that you can work hard. I know that you can make the most of it. The reason that many people don't ever make the most of their talent is because it takes hard work. And they're just downright lazy. The reason many people won't make the most of their talent is because they're unwilling to submit to someone to help strengthen the talent. Magic Johnson. Oh, I grew up in the Magic Johnson, Larry Bird era. I mean, those dudes were battling in college. They battled all the way through their professional career. Magic Johnson is one of the only people to play professional basketball that could have been a professional in all five positions on the court. Matter of fact, if you're old enough to remember watching that dude play some games, he played all five positions. He didn't soar over people. But he ruled over them because he was determined to learn the talent of every position. Magic Johnson, every time in the offseason, would not spend his time trying to figure out what's going to be the next great move that I can name after myself. He wasn't trying to create the tomahawk. He wasn't trying to become Air Jordan. He wasn't trying to, to come up with all these other fancy slam jam moves. But what he learned, what he did every offseason was he disciplined himself to the fundamentals of basketball. He didn't learn new tactics. He learned old strategies. And for the whole season, he would only focus on one fundamental of basketball. And because he disciplined himself, because he submitted himself to the teaching of a master. Oh, come on, you know where I'm going with this. Can I get a witness? I know it's a little bit hot in here, but wake up and enjoy the journey today. Listen, because he was willing to submit himself to someone who could train him, teach him, guide him, he was willing to be the champion of his day oh yes Larry Bird could make far greater shots than Magic Johnson ever could but he was the king of the court because he disciplined himself to the fundamentals Paul's telling young Timothy son here I am your coach I want you to submit to what I'm telling you I went every time you come down here to the prison cell to bring me a fresh change of clothes or a fresh meal or some books or something of that nature you think you're coming here to do me something but every time you come down here I've got one job as your mentor I've got one job and here's what that job is I want to incite you I want to agitate you I want to stir up some powerful emotions in your mind. I want to inflame your mind with the mind that you're more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ who called you, who saved you, who loved you according to His holy purpose. 
Oh, today, my brothers and sisters in Christ, the devil will come into your life and tell you, man, you're born in this lower income poverty level. You're born without a dad being in your life. You don't know who your mom is. They gave you up at birth or one of those things. I want you to know something. And when the devil starts reminding you of your past, you begin reminding him of his future, that he is a loser, that he's going down, that he doesn't even own the keys to his own house because on that Sunday morning when Jesus Christ ascended down into the heart of the earth, he took the keys away from the, from the angel of death and he gave them to the angel of life in heaven and I want you to understand something that he doesn't have a future but I know somebody that can have a future it's you my friend because Jesus Christ paid a debt for you that he did not owe he went to the cross for you that you might escape death, hell and the grave and he has invested a talent in you and he's depending on you to take your talent and make it all that you can be for Jesus Christ there's people that are naturals. They're natural fishermen. A natural fisherman drives me crazy. I've fished with them before. They normally put you in the back of the boat. And they catch all the fish before you can get there. And man, when they're catching all the fish before you can get there, there I am in the back of the boat saying, well, the only reason you're beating me is because you're in the front of the boat. You wouldn't be winning. You're getting them all before I get there. So he says, okay, let's swap places. So there I go in the front of the boat, and I'm trying to fish and fish and fish and fish, and all of a sudden he's beating me in the back of the boat. Why? He's a natural at it. Those guys drive you crazy. Today, take your talent, whatever it is, put it in the hand of the master, and begin to make the most of it. If you want to make the most of your talent, here's three things you need to do. Every day, you need to strengthen it. Every day, you need to make your talent better. What happened with the guy that I spoke of first? Bill Bean. He was unwilling to submit himself to the teachings of a master. So therefore, he never developed the concept of being a champion. If you're willing to submit your mind your heart and your soul to the heart and mind of the champion, Jesus Christ, our master. He will begin to strengthen you every day in your natural talent and your spiritual talent. Submit yourself to someone in the eternal realm. Submit yourself to someone in the earthly realm. Everybody needs at least three or four mentors in their life. It's pouring into their life every day that you become stronger, that you become better, that you become more disciplined, that you can become a champion. Now, you can't just get strength and never use it. You've got to gain the strength and apply the strength to the talent that God has given you. The Bible says this, that in the body there are many gifts, but there's only one body. The good news for us is that everything we ever need is already in this body. The bad news is you hadn't stepped up and started using your talent to help the body be fully equipped to what God's called you to be. I mean, you keep waiting. Well, if I ever get a new job and I ever got more time and if I could ever get more weekends off, then I might mentor somebody, then I might invest, then I might play, then I might teach, then I might use my green thumb to help all the plants at the church not look dead anymore. I don't know what it is, but when you get to the point where you realize I'm becoming better at what I am so that I can glorify God through everything I do, then your talent will take on a whole new meaning and then life doesn't end. At retirement, it only begins because you've been investing in lives all along the way. The greatest musicians, 
They may impact people. The greatest athletes, they may impact people with their power plays for a season. But the wonderful, the wonderful ones may not be the greatest, but all along the way, they're putting their thumbprints on people's lives. And they're using their talent not just for their own ability, but for others. Therefore, their talent outlives them. You need to strengthen your talent every day. You need to use your talent every day. Yes, you can use it for yourself. But for the love of all, it's good and decent. Use it for the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Use it. Use it. So that your life outlives you. So that your life, your legacy, keeps on keeping on. Most of all, use your life to make a difference. Use your life. Stir it up. Find somebody in your life that's number one purpose is to in, infuriate you every day. And say, you're not working hard enough. You're not applying yourself hard enough to, to inflame your mind. Well, that you may have strength and zeal in your heart. Quit believing what people say about you. And believe what God says about you. This morning as we have wrapped up this sermon... Maybe you're trying to figure out what is it that God has given you. Maybe you've struggled your whole life not knowing where to plug in or where to fit. If there's any way of family of grace that we can help you discover that, it'd be our great joy and our great honor. Also, maybe you're looking for a place. Maybe you've been looking for a church to use that talent, to use those gifts that God's given you. If family of grace is our desire that we be a cross-cultural church, Bridging the gap between every culture group and every racial group in our city. If you can help us accomplish that, come join the journey in helping impact our city. I hope the Lord will richly bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We would like to take a moment to thank our sponsors that made this program possible. Bayou Shirts. At Bayou Shirts, we offer quick, friendly, quality service for all your t-shirt needs. Check us out today at BayouShirts.com for information on all the services we can provide. Looking for child care? Visit College Camp located in the heart of Pineville. It is a licensed aid facility that has been in existence since 2008. For more information, call 318-484-2762. Tamping Ground Coffee Shop in downtown Alexandria. 
If you're looking for a great place to hang out or have a break and a wonderful cup of coffee, please stop by and see Jeff and thank him for his support of our ministry. We're touching millions one heart at a time. Since 1954, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes has been putting the heart and soul in sports by challenging athletes and coaches to impact the world for Jesus Christ. As the largest sports ministry in the world, FCA now reaches over 2 million people annually on the professional, college, high school, junior high, and youth levels. Through this shared passion for athletics and faith, lives are changed one heart at a time. Learn more at fca.org. 